Hey y'all, welcome to the 300th, yes, 300th episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This entire episode was recorded on site at this year's Gen Con. You will hear lots of game previews, daily anecdotes, two new taste buds, and the results of the fifth annual strike tournament. Congratulations, Marty and Tony. Let's keep it going to 400 episodes. Did I really just say that? Hello and welcome to episode number 300. Tequila, this is Rolling Dice and Taking Names. A very special milestone has been reached here. I'm Tony. This is Marty and I assume tequila is in honor of Paul Rubens who recently passed away. That's exactly right. And that and the fact that we're at Gen Con and tequila would be tasting good right now. <laughs> and you don't even drink. <laughs> and I don't even drink, but oh man, some of the things that we had tonight um, at a special party. We had this very special grape soda and I was talking to a gentleman. He's like, you know what would taste good in this? And I said, uh, you know, vodka? He says, yeah. Rum? I said, sure. He says, well, we could just put anything with this stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so I thought, hey, this, is, this would be a perfect title for number 300. So yes, we're at Gen Con. That's right. And hello and welcome to episode 300. Yeah, I, I said uh, 300. Guys yeah. and taking notes. I just want to emphasize this is our 300th episode that is happening at Gen Con. And as always, what we're going to be doing, this episode will consist of nightly recordings coming back and sharing some of the stuff that we saw during the day. So we're going to do this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it'll be four separate segments, each covering a day. And today was mainly a setup day in the hall. But we still got to see several games and actually demo some games along the way. That's right. I got in 20,000 steps, so my legs are failing it. What are you, where are you at? Uh, I don't think yours is calibrated right, your Fitbit here, because I'm at um, less than that. And I know I take... 16,700, and we walked the same amount. I know, and I don't know if it's because I swing my arms more. Because, you know, I talked about that on a previous episode, how, you know, you can be on a lake and the waves can make you get up to 10,000 steps. So, sure. yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So, well, let's not do too much banner because this is going to be a long one because we'll uh, be that's recording. Fair. That's so fair. We're going to move on here. Uh, well, number one, we, uh, once again, in a Gen Con tradition, I laid some uh, floor tiles. We got some floor tiles down and we had to make them a certain way and a certain pattern and we achieved that goal. Because it was wood grain. So you mm -hmm. want to make sure all the grain uh, goes the right way. And we did that for restoration games, mm -hmm. set up a couple of their fixtures. And then uh, basically we just kind of started walking around and see what uh, a lot of other people were up to. Yeah. We did some inventory for a restoration. I don't want to sell us short on, okay. <laughs> on what we did at restoration games. It was, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I, I told uh, restoration that, you know, this is maybe if we ever stop this podcast, this would be the reason for me to come back is just to go and, and, help booth I, I don't mind the demoing i don't I, right. I don't think that would be something i would enjoy doing you don't think it would be something i don't think it'd be something i might enjoy doing okay. yes because i <laughs> me talking the entire time oh, come on people let's go and me explaining rules please i tried that once and i had a lot of fun with it but they suffered yeah but so his, his rule was to be all right look you put a card here you do these and actions. then you do these actions and the person most points wins yeah, yeah. Anybody want to buy a copy of this? Want, well, Ignacio always said, if you cannot get a game started in under five minutes, then you are not doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about some of the things we, we saw today. We took pictures of some stuff so that we wouldn't, we wouldn't forget. Over at Good Games Publishing, who made a, one of your games of the year, Guild Master from several years mm -hmm. ago, taught us this little uh, card game called Trick Draw that uh, is coming out this year at Gen Con. 
And let me tell you what, y'all. If y'all like combo-licious games, this is it right here. Simple game. Draw a card, play a card. And uh, the concept is when you play it, you do the text on it. The text is not long. It's not something that you got to sit there and read forever. I mean, it was every card I drew, I understood what I needed to do. And it created combos. It created opportunities. And you really had to work at winning by getting up to 10 points. But the unique thing that was at the end, after someone hits the victory point threshold, then there is an attempt to try to take it away from them. And, and some people are going to not like that. Well, I mean, but that, that's the spirit of the game. However, you didn't mention what a victory point was. When you play a card, you can play it face up for the text or play it face down. Every face down card is worth one point. Mm -hmm. Here's the really cool thing about the game. You may play a card that has a play it face up for some sort of effect, like on reveal, um, uh, maybe discard a card to draw a card. Or that's an ongoing one. Draw a card, discard a card. And once you have some face-up cards, there's another card that I took advantage of. It says, on reveal, when you play it, turn three cards face down. So there may be three cards you don't need anymore that are face up. Turn them face down. That's an instant three points. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get 10 cards face down, but you can muck with other people's cards. You can get their cards turned face up or maybe steal some of their cards. I mean, and so you can start creating these really interesting situations whereby turning a card back face up, the reveal text kicks in again, and right. you get to do something else. It's, it's really clever. Or, shoot, there may be even cards that if they're face up, you get extra points if the certain conditions are met. And you can in, and really mess with one another. And it was, it was a fun, quick game. But it definitely, for me, some of the cards, I was like, okay, how am I going to pull all this off? Mm -hmm. you know? And you were able to do it. No, I couldn't. Oh, you couldn't? I couldn't because of how they were worded. And it was a card that said, hey, you're going to get three victory points if the majority of your cards are face down. Ah, but uh, the person who taught us the game uh, pulled that off. He did. But here's what the cool part. Yep. So when we trigger 10 points, when he got 10 points, each of us still had a turn. Mm -hmm. So on my turn, I played a card that says, take a card that's face up and turn it face down. That could be my card or anybody else's mm -hmm. card. So I turned his card face down they gave him generated three points. Sure, the face down card was one, but I made him lose two points because I hit it face down. And so all this stuff starts happening where it's like you can start mucking with the person who's in the lead and possibly actually surpass them on your turn. Well, I, see, that's that's something we need to check the rules on because he also said if you could make them equal to someone else, then you can become the winner. That's right. You, if you can make two uh, people the same amount of points. Right. So, so there was a lot there for a very simple game, 15 to 20 minute game. Yes. Okay. So we walked over to Asmodee. There's, you know, big Asmodee. They're setting up a lot of stuff. They have a brand new studio called Office Dog, which allows them to listen to other people's games pitches and come out with some, some games. One of the first ones they're coming out with L5R, Legends of the Five Rings game, and it's called River of Gold. It's a board game. It's supposed to play in like 60 minutes. We don't know a lot about it, but I think the thing is that if you like that IP of L5R, mm -hmm. it's going to be used in other games and everything, so uh, definitely keep an eye out uh, for it. Again, they're going to be demoing it here. We hadn't tried it, but the board looks nice, so I'm anxious to see what they do and with they this And they got IP. all this yeah, publishing they're going to do to it with the gold leaf going on the board to make it stand out. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. My pictures are out of order. Let's go back to Good Games Publishing. Oh. What did you think about uh, fi uh, Five Park Avenue? Five Park Avenue was the dog walking game. Or, or it's just called Park Avenue. Park. Park. I'm sorry. Bark. Park 
Park Avenue. Avenue. Imagine y'all a pickup and deliver game where the the theme is so great. You're a person whose job is to go and get somebody's dog and walk them Mm -hmm. and then bring them back. And you have to do it in a certain amount of time. And if you do, you get paid. But along the way, you can do things for the dog that makes them happy. If you go to certain locations and maybe pick up a tennis ball and give it to them and it makes them happy and it gives more money and you can walk multiple dogs at once. So it's this really clever pick up and deliver game, but the theme and everything that works within the game works perfectly with this theme. Played over a number of rounds and then there may be additional objective cards that you have that could come out. Certain dogs will like to walk with other dogs. Um, you know, if you give the dog a bone, he will be ignore certain traits that he may have. Uh, it's, it's, it tells you where to pick up the dogs. And then you have to make sure when, when you're picking up these dogs and walking these dogs, some will only want to walk maybe three blocks. Some may want to walk five blocks. So you've got to really time how you do that to get them back home so you can get paid. It's uh, route management. Route Try to management, make your route yeah. as efficient as possible. Because if you're too late, they won't pay you. They won't pay. Yeah, you held the dog out, and now you made them late for the play. Right, exactly. So and, Yeah, and some of the good. events where certain paths get blocked, which yep. can really mess you up. So I'm very excited. We will definitely uh, get a, a copy from them, uh, ask them about that so that we get to play. But everything that he was describing, I mean, you know, it was un- once again, it was under five minutes and we could have sat down and started playing because uh, the iconography on the board was pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yes, very excited for that one. And, you know, that company's one that people need to just watch for, yeah. see what games that are coming out. Land and Sea, we loved. Land and Sea. Guildmaster, we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they've got some really good games out there. Uh, let's see. Then we went to an asthma day uh, press event, and I think yes. uh, the big highlight there was you and I got to meet Alan Moon, yes, the designer of Ticket to Ride. And I know a lot of people are like, "Well, yeah, man, Alan Moon, yeah." Some of the other content creators like, "I've known Alan for years." Well, I don't know. I've never met him, man. I've never met him either, and I was geeking out. Man, I told him I shook his hand. I said, "I just want you to know, uh, you're." Ticket to Ride game is the reason why my family got into board mm-hmm. games and got me into it. And, now, also, and I've always wanted to tell him that. also met this other designer there. He was there, Rob Davio. Yes, Rob Davio, who was a great friend of the show. Uh, they worked together to come out with Ticket to Ride Legacy, mm-hmm. which is a big hit. A lot of people are excited about this. And Matt Leacock, let's not leave him out. He also helped with this also. Yeah, and Leacock's going to be here. I hope to see him, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never forget, you know, when we I did the uh, pandemic legacy and mm-hmm. my, my yeah i still i still need to play that one i haven't, oh I haven't put that gosh. i know. maybe you can get ticket to ride legacy out. maybe i would enjoy that so yes um, had you met Corey kaneska before would yes you, multiple times yeah. Corey taught me one of the um uh elder rich games elder tar arkham horror one, 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 one of the it, it was the one before unfathomable okay maybe it's, it, it may have been elder tar yeah um because it was the one that took forever, and you and I did it at uh, one of the cons. Eight people could play it. Take forever, and I cannot remember the name of that game. But, yeah, I met Corey before, and nice guy. We talked about StarCraft, of course. And, and, and we said, can you please yeah. take that and make it just another theme? He said, I did. It was called Forbidden Stars. And we said, we know. We know. <laughs> but then but, you lost. The, and we're we're not, you lost. Yeah, yeah. It's for, you know, you lost the uh, – FFG lost the rights to 40K, and he's like, I know. It was so bad. Anyway – uh, that was a uh, really good time. Went over to another event with uh, Lucky Lucky Duck. Duck. Whew. 
I was going to say Lucky Dog. I was thinking uh, Lucky Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lucky Duck Games. And their game they're coming out that's hot at this uh, Gen Con is Cosmo Octopus. It's only got one O. So how are you supposed to say Cosmo Octopus? Cosmo- Maybe it's just Cosmo-, Cosmo Octopus. And we haven't played it yet. So I'm just going to tell you that it's an engine building, tentacle gathering board game for one to four players. You're going to guide the Cosmoctopus through the inky realm, a flexible configuration of tiles to gather resources and obtain powerful cards that represents relics, scripture, hallucinations, and constellations. That's what you're going to do, man. That's all you're going to do, and you got this little <laughs> pink thing. Uh, hey, I got the answer right to a trivia, and I got a plushie. Uh, yeah, you got a uh, octa... What's it called? The inky... Th- what's it called? Mm. The... Inky thing? Inky. Oh, boy. Well, that was one of the trivia questions, What's yes. the name of uh, the mascot on this game? Uh, anyway, so you got a little mascot plushie. That's, that's really cool, too. Uh, before, we, before you go to the next oh, one, we, we forgot WizKids. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You've got pictures. I am so sorry. We jumped all over the place. Um, WizKids. Oh, yeah. This is a game that got coming out at Essen. Unboxed. So imagine this, y'all. He said, you open the box. It's, there's components in the box. You figure out the rules. It's like through playing through scenarios, you have to figure out the rules of the game. And once you're done, you could actually play the game. And the game itself of Unboxed has like 10 different games built into it. It hurt my head that early in the morning when we were there. I was, that sounds cool. It does, though. but I'm just like, I want to under- play this so I can understand. Am I that smart to figure this out? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, that's coming out of Essen. Um, mm-hmm. What else did you have in your phone? Uh, Yak Mark, which is the uh, winter mar- market, and it is a um, Yak Mark, the winter market. Uh, we oh. gather your oh, family no, no. Um, members. He said Splendor with a uh, Mancala. Ma- Mancala. Was it Mancala? No, or no. what's the other thing? Uh, uh, what's the, it's, a tra- uh, it's not a Rondell. No, no Rondell. That's it. Okay. No, he said, yeah, I said Mancala. It's Rondell. It is, uh, he said Splendor with a Rondell. Yeah. Will you focus on gathering souvenirs and trinkets? Will you enjoy no. the... I said Splendor. Sushi Go. Sushi Go. There you Sushi go. Sushi Go. go. I'm like, yeah. I don't think it was... It's that. late, y'all. Leave us alone. Okay. But that looked fun. Yes. That's coming out at uh, Essen As also. Well. That's a different looking game for WizKids. Yes. Um, yeah. So. It, it looks like, but there's probably a ton of strategy behind it. Yep. And then we saw the starter, HeroClick starter packs for... Marvel and DC. So what they're going to be doing is a special starter pack each year of Marvel and DC so that can get you going in the game. They're like 30 bucks. You get oh, it's like 10 characters or something like that. Maps, dice rules, and everything. So it's a good kind of starter kit. And they're going to have a new one each year. Yeah. And one of the things I saw at Asmodee was they have a new Dixit coming out, I believe, because of the Disney characters. Mm, Disney Dixit. Dis- Disney Dixit. Yep. Because what, one of our favorite movies, of course, is The Emperor's New Groove. And I got a packet uh, picture of, um, oh, why Why do I even start? The llama. Now I can't, it's Cusco. 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 Uh, or was Cusco? Cusco. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton was. What was, was his um, character's name? Oh, now you ask him, keep talking. I'll okay. figure it out. Um, so <laughs> this is why we should. Well, know. I see. I jumped to Putty, which yeah. I know is Seinfeld. Yeah. So, well, speaking of Disney, actually, we make. My gosh, I cannot talk tonight. It's like we need to make sure to get up in time so we can get in line tomorrow because mm-hmm. we are going to buy Disney Lorcana because it's got a hot, hot product, y'all. They have already set up the stanchions. And he said they're expecting lines going down the halls for this, so we want to jump in line and grab us. I still think they're called turnbuckles. That's in a ring. Maybe it's Cusco. 
Maybe Cusco-topia. It, that's the llama. Cusco is the llama. Okay. Yeah, okay. Cusco I'm is the sorry. llama. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. I, I know that movie so well. Now I'm drawing a blank because it's late, but that's all. That's, all right. That's, that's, that's it. So uh, our last press event we went to was with. I shut board games. And I don't know if y'all know this. Danny has actually left. I shut board games. So we'll, I, mean, I think we should still use her recording for well, time. Or should we retire it? We'll just do it ourselves. Well, well, maybe we can get somebody to do it at the booth when we have yeah, the meeting with them. Maybe we can get a new one recording because now she is with Flat River Group. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they had a big uh, thing where you could check out a lot of the games they got coming out. A lot of the games, Tony, we've already covered uh, on the show that they were mm-hmm. showing out there, but they do have some games coming out of Essen, uh, Chivago, Jeanago, a, a real heavy game. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the thing that is like going to be one of the games of the con that we picked up is Sky Team. Yes. Uh, which is a two-player game from Scorpion Mosque. It is a co-op game where your goals become a team of pilots and try to successfully land your plane. It's and not going to happen. And a lot of people are just going crazy over this game. So I'm hoping uh, while you're on the phone tonight with your wife, I'm going to start reading the rules so maybe we can play it. Okay. Along. I'm counting on you to do that. I was watching people play it, rolling the rolling dice, assigning them. They had limited communication. So I'm not sure that's a good thing. I would think that, you know, the tower and the pilot would have a lot more communication <laughs> than what you were doing, but maybe, you know. That would be the theme of the game. David Waybright from Man vs. Meeple has played it, and he says it is one of the best themed games he's played in a long time where you actually feel like you're pilots. And I said good because sometimes immersion is lost in some of these mm-hmm. games that it is, is really good in this one. And that's pretty much it. Is it? Yeah. Well, we're going to do a taste buds because we found something special at CVS. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode. That will kick off our Thursday segment. We've got, of course, the stress of all of this, and that is the spaghetti dinner tomorrow night. Uh, but we've got things pretty well lined up, ready to go. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better about it just because I am closer to the restaurant that I will be able to run back to the hotel and get stuff if I forget. Yeah, we are less than one block mm-hmm. from uh, the restaurant as opposed to last year, many blocks where we had to rent a cab to get stuff over there. So that's going to be much better. But we do have some exciting demos that we're going to be playing tomorrow. Can't wait to share that with y'all tomorrow night, which will happen in just a matter of minutes, actually, for y'all. Here at Gen Con, we got to see the miniature market booth. And if you were there, they had some incredible deals for people to get. As Arkham Horror Card fan, they had the original starter set for eight bucks a piece. Uh-huh. So basically, if you wanted multiples of all, complete sets of all the cards and everything, two starter boxes, that's enough for four players. You're done for 16 bucks. Or if you want to, you could buy the new one for 40. Yeah, that's, I mean, math is hard, but not that one. That math mm-hmm. isn't hard. They had a bunch of sales over there at Miniature Market. But if you heard about all this hotness, you know Miniature Market has that pre-order capability that you can go ahead and get notified of when orders go on sale, such as Sky Team. Be sure to head over to miniaturemarket.com, sign up for the newsletter. Well, actually, why don't you head over to our website, rolldicetakenames.com, click on the Miniature Market ad so you can use our affiliate link, then sign up for the newsletter. Oh, God, keep pushing that thing. So thanks, Miniature Market, for all your support. It's Thursday morning. We're getting ready to head into Gen Con. Now, typically, we do these segments at night. However, 
Yes. We have a special Taste Buds segment. This is something I had not seen till you pointed out to me yesterday at CVS. Tell me about this. So this is a moon pie flavored power pie with 14 grams of protein, which we are going to need today based on the picture you just showed me about what's going on over at the Gen Con hall. It's ridiculous. Well, there's a picture. I, if it's true, true this is yeah. insane. They posted a picture of hundreds of people in front of the convention center at 530 a.m. saying they're lining up for Disney Lorcana. Yes, and you know it's too early in the morning for me to be reading about this. is This is uh, inspired by the Moon Pie, so it's not. I don't. I guess they licensed the name to use it. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, but it was sitting next to Moon Pies at CVS. So I mean, there's your bait and switch for you right there in the in the store. I mean, you know, it's not true Moon Pie, but it's licensed by maybe. But if I scan to join the family, I can scan, and then we can find out what I'm scanning to. It probably takes me to. Well, something. it says it delivers 14 grams of fine flex, fine flex, fine flex protein in every delicious, powerful bite. Good gosh, this thing's 290 calories. You don't need it, man. You did. You did your 15,000 steps yesterday. And it's got two soft, chewy And you cookies. did 20,000. I still question the accuracy of your Fitbit compared to mine because I don't see you walked. 5,000 steps more. You can wear mine today, and you know, (laughs) I'll wear yours and we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm ready for this. All right, we got to, oh, this is going to be kind of loud. I got to open up the package here right near the mic. Well, it looks like a regular moon pie. It smells like a regular moon pie. Does it? It smells really chocolatey. Okay, now I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I'm not. It is, yeah. And chocolate in the morning, that is that is something I can, I have a hard time doing. Choco- I don't do chocolate donuts. I was going to say, you don't do sweet breakfasts? breakfasts? No, I do sweet breakfasts, but I don't do chocolate. Like, I, I, I cannot imagine eating a chocolate-covered donut in the morning. Chocolate is a dessert. You're getting ready to have 15 grams of chocolate-flavored goodness, hopefully. Well, 14. Let's not go 15 years. <laughs> but I don't want anybody to call us out on that. So okay. here we go. All right. Um, get away from the mic. I know I'm chewing the mic. Okay. Um, where's the marshmallow? Number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no. Mainly. All right. You know how protein bars have a certain consistency? Yes. That's what this has. Mm-hmm. Like a, um, a gritty, grainy yes. consistency. So if you have a moon pie and you put this in your mouth, you're like, this is not a moon pie. The graham cracker cookie is very hard. And then. It is. I mean, a moon pie can suck the moisture out of your mouth. This is just pulling all the moisture out of my mouth. Not hard as in crunchy. No. Tough. Tough. (laughs) Yeah. Dense. Very dense. All right. Got to chase it down with a Mountain Dew Zero. Oh, breakfast of champions. (laughs) Mountain Dew Zero sugar and a protein moon pie. Well, you balance out your calories. Woo. Oh, I went in for another. Oh, check it. There's a thick layer of chocolate on top. 
Yeah, look at that. Okay. It's all yeah. right. Let's explain this. So it's a thick layer of chocolate on top with the really dense what I think where the protein stuff is. The protein, what would be like the cookie area. And then literally like a millimeter to two millimeters of marshmallow. Yeah. Okay. Well, was this was this a good eight dollars spent? That's how I always go back. Wait, what? It was four dollars each. These were four bucks a piece. You're eating. You are eating an equivalent to a Bojangles biscuit right now, and I can tell you which would win. Oh, this ain't equivalent to anything like a Bojangles biscuit when it comes uh, to that price. Yeah. Well. So yeah. Yeah, this ain't worth four bucks. But you know, if it gives us the protein to get ready to face what we're getting ready to face, then oh. then maybe it's done its job. Uh, we'll see. Or I'm going to be throwing up. I don't know which. Chocolate. Chocolate. It just still doesn't work for me. All right. Well, that is it from a Moon Pie Protein Power Bar that you can pick up at CVS. For us, it's not going to become my breakfast of champions. It's Thursday night and typically record in our hotel room. However, for the first time ever, we're recording at our big annual strike event. Let me know who else here. That is the amazing hundred people who are here at this event, and some of you listening right now are those yourself. Now, we're getting ready to get started, so I'm going to stop, and we'll join you later with everything that we did here, did here during the day. But now, in tradition, Tony is going to give the rules of the game, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back in the room. We'll get back to the strike tournament uh, in just a minute. We'll go back and uh, go over our day that we had. Now, I would like to go back to the moon pie that we had this morning. Yes. We kind of dissed that. But then after we stopped recording, we thought, you know, this really isn't that bad for a protein bar. Yeah. I mean, I was I was surprised, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of protein bars. But yeah, I mean, hey, it got me through the day. Yeah, it did. It did. And uh, I do appreciate that. It gave me the energy through the day. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of protein bars either because they just taste odd. But the chocolate in this kind of help offset that taste. Mm-hmm. So I take it back. It was actually better than I thought it was. Yeah, me too. All uh, right. Um, yeah. But I'm still not paying $4 for it. However, tomorrow morning, we'll be having great Pop-Tarts, thanks to Daniel Brown, who dropped them off for us tonight at the strike event. So wait a minute. Do we, I know they were supposed to shuttle them to Dan King. Eh. eh. I mean, maybe, there is a transfer uh, fee. Uh, maybe, maybe a box will get to him. He did give us two boxes, so I guess we could be nice and give one to Dan King. I know, but, you know, th- that could be the ch- surcharge. I mean, you know, freight is up you know that's true logistics yellow is in bankruptcy so yeah we're an independent carrier speaking of logistics i don't think we can go without talking about what happened with disney lore canada day on the first day now this is going to come out way after so probably everybody has may have heard but let's let's just follow up so disney lore canada big release for robinsburger huge we got up this morning, and there was a picture on Twitter of people lining up outside the convention center at like 5.30 a.m. So they let them go in, and they actually start queuing up and forming their own line. So the people who are interested in this, you know, kind of created their own line to be able to get into the convention hall. That line, uh, I took actually a video of and shared on Twitter, was took me a minute and 50 to walk, so it was pretty mm-hmm. long. What happened between when we went in, we had an exhibitor bash, so we got to go in early, but the line broke down. Yes, it, it well, Gen Con came and broke the line up, essentially. Right. They said there is no lines outside the doors. Right. So the line broke down, the doors opened, (laughs) and people came rushing in from two directions, and I was in the middle of it, and it was absolutely the most insane thing I've ever seen at a Gen Con. So it reminds me of the Red Sea as Moses gets past it. 
and suddenly Pharaoh and the gla- and the chairs, you know, everything. The Red Sea comes the, crashing. The chariots. Down, the chariots. The chairs. The chariots. You know. On who, who was the Pharaoh? Was it Ramsey? It wasn't Ramsey. Uh, I'm not sure what the Pharaoh I can't remember. Was, the, yeah, the you talking about. So the Red Sea. Yeah, it was like the the crowd just came crashing down crashing on down Robinsburg. Yes, and it, you know you could just act, they probably felt like those uh, Pharaoh's men as the water just sucked them up, and it was just like a wave of people. Yeah, we have a couple people that are really good friends with over at Robinsburg, and they filled us in later on with just the insanity that they had to deal with because that line existed pretty much all day. They sold out of starter products and people could just buy boosters. Now you just told me that you, you talked with Robinsberger earlier and for Friday morning, it's going to be more organized. However, they're allowing people to start lining up tonight, Thursday night at 6 PM for the doors opening at 10 AM on Friday morning. That means people are going to be camping out all night to try to get Lorcana stuff. Rant time here. What pisses me off about this, I don't know if it is people who want to play the game or people who want to make a quick buck. Both. Because they're giving away promo cards for buying products and demoing the game. Yes. We looked on eBay. Somebody's already bought or sold a promo card for $1,000. That's just stupid. A lot of people are listening for hundreds. The booster boxes are 150 bucks. They've already been flipped on eBay for two and three times that. I've, I've checked. This is the first day. So, yes, a lot of people are buying and immediately listing them. But what's crazy is the promo cards that people basically can just demo or just buy any product and get a free promo card and then actually put it online and get hundreds and hundreds of dollars right. for it. And wasn't it, didn't Post Malone buy the One Ring from Magic? I think it was. I he think came he was. back and, and, and paid. Yeah, but there's only one of that. Yeah. I can see that. But this is just a simple Mickey Mouse promo card. Right. And these things, so in a year, it's an to me. It's an NFT that goes nowhere. It's, it's nothing. I know it's tangible, but yeah. Well, here's the thing. Maybe the, the value that it has right now, as we're speaking, I bet by the time this episode comes out, has dropped drastically. Right. Yeah. And and Robinsberger, you've done what you can. You're like, okay, we're going to try to get this out as much as we can. They're doing their best they can from that standpoint. And well, you know, the market is what. Wait, we're in a free market, right? Yeah, it's just that it was it was crazy because a lot of people stood in line. The line collapsed. Those people stood in line may have not gotten product because of what happened. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Um, they are I like I said, y'all. I have been to Gen Con. This is my, I think my eleventh Gen Con I've been to. I have seen a lot of hot products. I've seen lines, people waiting to get stuff. I have never seen anything like this. Right in, in the eleven years I've been here of something this hot and it's it's and here's why um let's talk about allocation we talked to a couple private game store owners here at gen con allocation means uh they people may not be getting all that they ordered so one game store said they ordered 100 booster boxes they were told they're being allocated only getting 14 another store ordered 400 booster boxes this was like back in the spring early summer and that store that only ordered 400 may only get 24 People know that the supply is not going to meet the demand. And this is the first place you can get it. And people are snagging up. So if you're out mm-hmm. there, when it comes out like August 18th or something, chances of you getting it at your local game store are pretty slim even there. So what does that mean? You won't be able to play it. You'll have it, but you can't play it. Because nobody else has it. Right. And if they can't refill the supply lines, this, this game is dead on the vine. I'm calling it. 
because if you can't meet the hype right now and a month down the road, people can't get this product, they're going to forget about it and move Just, on. What was it, Destiny? The Star Wars Star Destiny? Wars Destiny, happened with Star Wars Destiny. When it was so hot, the manufacturing process for dice was so tough, they couldn't refill the supply chain. And people just kind of lost interest. Dice Masters, that didn't the the Marvel Dice Masters. I can't remember if that happened to them too. Maybe early on it did. But they kind of bounced back, but I think they they think they ran into the same thing. I think you're right because we've, yeah. we've tried that day one. Yeah, we did. So that was the the morning events, and then we got to walk around and um, talk to a lot of people. We bought some stuff. Yes, we did. We went over to Osprey and bought uh, general orders mm-hmm. from David Thompson. And, Who we saw. Yes. And uh, and got to talk to him for a bit. They they brought in a air freighted like a, a couple hundred copies. I said, well, I gotta buy this. It was thirty five dollars, no brainer. Pop down thirty five, and I'm happy. Well, I did. you didn't just plop it down. There were some credit card issues. Oh, oh, I didn't. We talk about that. That's right, because I went to Osprey to pick that mm-hmm. up. They couldn't connect to the um, the point of sale online credit card stuff, and you went to Oink Games to to pick up um, a Scout for myself. And of course, Tiger and Dragon, which is sight unseen. We're going on a whim here based on some uh, thinker, themer, thing, thinker. It's late at night. So it's, it's been the mentioned. YouTube, the YouTube channel. channel. And, and I'm just like, thinker okay. Theme. Yeah. The, and it's a Mahjong title from them. And everybody, when I pull it out, everybody looks at it and goes, that's not an oink game. It's too big. It is not the standard oink size box and it's throwing everybody off. I talked to uh, Suzanne Sheldon. She's ticked. <laughs> she she said because it's not twice it's not any fraction of the standard box it's not like twice as thin or twice as thick or anything like that so she, she was it, having fun with it that it messes yeah. up her organization of oink games on her shelf oink games on herself so I was excited that we got picked up two copies theirs was so I paid cash for the first one and then their their point of sale got up and so then I got scout and um, another copy one for you yeah so I hope it's a good one else it might be at Mega MooseCon we'll see yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I hope it's good. I tend to, and this is one of these probably you and I could sit and play just while we're here, try it out real quick. Mm-hmm. But then, very, very exciting. We got to go um, sit and play a Star Wars demo unlimited with one of the designers of the game, Danny Schaefer. Yeah, oh, yes. That's where my money's going. Okay, y'all, here's the thing. We played this demo. We'll talk just a little bit about the, the card game. Tony is always like, I don't need another card game. Don't need another card game. So after we were done, I said, all right, we talked to Danny and stuff. We were being very polite and everything like that with our comments. I walked away, we walked away. I said, we're by ourselves now. What do you think? Tony said, I love it. Tony doesn't love anything. No, he does not. He doesn't use that term a lot. So mm-hmm. I've got to hear what, what struck you with this game with a very simple demo deck with a limited number of cards that were plain Jane Vanilla. Tension in the game play of the game just the mechanics of it the simplicity of it easy to understand cards it fit in with everything i knew about it it gave me the feels with some of the scenes from the movies so anytime something generates it i got the same feeling when we played lord of the rings tcg you would when we would see the cards with the pictures from the movie we go oh yeah i remember that scene or Wait a minute, that scene wasn't in the movie. Come to find out it's on the extended Blu-ray DVD. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. And that's what I was, some of these pictures, some of the um, the art that showed, you know, Darth Vader reaching out to Luke. And it's just like, okay. The, the whole mechanics of it, just it flowed very simple. It never felt clunky to me. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I might be chasing a few rares, but okay. The concept is the same as any of the games where I've got to beat something down yeah. to win, but it wasn't one of um, timing and mechanisms and chains and all this other stuff that you hear about. It was pretty darn straightforward. And I guess maybe I've gotten to the point when I'm my age where I'm just like, I just need simple and fun. And they wanted the flow of the game to be a very, almost have a good rhythm to it. So at the beginning of your turn, yeah, you can put down any card for a resource card, which is very much like World of Warcraft, the card game that we played. So we know that mechanic, and we we like that mechanic. I, I don't have the mana screw and all that other stuff that you deal with. Yep. And then on your turn, you, you take an action. It could be playing a card from your hand, like a unit or an upgrade or just an event and paying for it, or maybe an attack. And then that's it. It goes to the other player. So it's not like you spend all your mana, then it goes to the other I said mana. I spend all your resources, and then it goes to the other player. Like in Magic. In Magic, you spend all the mana that you can, and then it's the other person's turn. No, you play a card, you take one action, other person takes action. Right. And you keep going back and forth till you just don't have any more resources to spend, and then you pass, and then you reset everything, draw two cards, pick a card to go down as a resource, and go if again. You if you want. If you want. If you want. If you want, which is an interesting decision late in the game. It's like, do I have enough resources? Which World of Warcraft is the same way? Yeah. And and also when you say put that card down for resource, you have a tough decision there, which builds the tension, which is what I want in a game. Mm -hmm. I have the tension that I need to have for, okay, all these cards are good and I need the resource so I can either not do it, but I got to do it so I can at least play cards. And I like that. I've always enjoyed that part of World of Warcraft. I'm, I'm excited for that in this game. I like the two combat arenas. There is a... There's the ground and space. Ground, I couldn't think of it. Ground and space arena. So you have ground units, space units. Space units can only attack other space units, and ground can typically only attack other ground units. Or the base they yeah. can eat, yeah. So mm -hmm. you basically got two fronts. Uh, mm -hmm. that you. So you can't just like, I'm just going to go all ground, because if your opponent starts throwing in a bunch of space units, they just uh, attack the base directly, which is what you're trying to knock down to zero. But the combat's also very simple. I pick an attacker. And I pick who I'm attacking, done. And magic is you could pick a whole bunch of attackers and say, I'm attacking you. Mm -hmm. You get to assign the defenders and do the defending how you want, which slows down the game. Yes. This is, there is no slowing down. It's like, oh, that's who it is. And right now in the game, there's no response cards. It's not like you're going to play a card in response. Combat just happens. And that's why the flow of the game is so fast paced. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the ability of like, you've got to attack this person regardless. There's those... That type of card. There's oh, shields. Yeah, there's something called Sentinel, which is like, all right, you must attack here before you can attack anybody else. Right. And yeah. shields, you got to get rid of the shield. And once you get rid of the shield, then you can attack the player. So it doesn't matter. You go on, You may waste a whole lot of attack just to get through. So, I mean, all that, all those mechanics are in other games, but it, it worked very well. Um, I, you know, from the, I, so if I don't attack, I, I got to decide, do I attack your base or do I attack your people? I got to protect my base by... Uh, destroying your guys. I mean, they're all good decisions that you have to make. Is and and that's what I like about it. Yeah, yeah. And again, this was a small demo deck. It wasn't a full size deck. Danny said this is about as vanilla you can get. There's a lot of keywords that we never saw. So there's just a lot of little things that we didn't see in the game, and we still had fun with this just plain decks. But it's not like they introduce. Um, yeah, we didn't see a lot. But of the, the keywords we saw, they weren't the same keywords in other games. But we were able to 
overwhelm, trample, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so they have a term called overwhelm, which means any excess damage that you do to a unit carries over to the base. And I, and when he said overwhelm, I looked at Danny and said, trample, trample, which is the same thing in magic. He said, we're not reinventing the wheel necessarily. We had to come up with a new term, obviously. He said, our goal was to create a game that moves at a very quick pace, has some interesting mm-hmm. decisions to make, and they've been working on this game for three years. They've got organized play ready to go and set up. And the other thing I, I'm liking about this, and that is you and I would meet for our Netrunner matches. Card games that have come out since then take longer. Yes. I view this as an excellent opportunity to say, hey, I'll meet you at Bojangles and we can play a card game and we can deck build and, and within 30 minutes we're done. Yep. That's what, that's what we need. In fact, um, Danny on some of their streams have said typically their games run 15 to 16 minutes long when you know your deck. Mm-hmm. They say it's really that fast. And it's a buildup. You're going to have a buildup, but I never felt like it was build, 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 build like you do in Magic, and then suddenly you just this big attack. Mm-hmm. There's ways to mitigate that. So, uh, okay, yeah, I'm we, done with it. Yeah, and one quick thing. We had a cool swingy game. I jumped out to a big lead doing a lot of damage to your mm-hmm. base. Darth Vader got uh, pumped up. And um, basically, the end, end score was you did 30 damage to my base to win the game, and I had 29 on you, and I could not get that extra damage out there. Right. So it was just a really solid game. But a lot of people say the, they don't like the art, but you said you really like the oh, art. Oh, I love the art. I thought, I, I, like I said, it, it wasn't scenes from the movie as in the pictures, but it was the art from, of those scenes. And I like the format. I like the colors, everything. I could easily tell. So that, that was nice. Yeah. So art is subjective. So anyway, enough on that. It was kind of a surprise for well, us. You may, now you made me come back. There sure. was one other stressor was, do I pass and take initiative to go first? Yes, because going first was sometimes critical. Yes. And once you passed, you, that's it. You, your turn was done, and the other person just played until they ran out of resources. Mm-hmm. So, so I still got mana. I could play some, but I really want to go first, so I'll hold up. Fun, 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 fun. Yep. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we went and, and uh, we went over to Aries Games. Aries Games. And we got to see a couple of their games over there coming out. They have a new uh, Quartermaster General. Two player, Ooh. which I am super excited. It's uh, they don't have it here yet for sale, but and who did we meet? This is like the Gen Con where we are meeting some of our favorite designers. Roberto D'Angelo. Oh, and Ian Brody. Ian Brody. Ian Brody, who designed Quartermaster General and the War of the Ring card game, which I've purchased the upgrades and everything, and we have yet to play. So we right. got to do that. Right, and then the expansion is already sold out. Yeah, here it's sold out, which introduces co-op. Mm-hmm. And he said they're coming out with yet another expansion, War of the Ring, which adds more to the story. So we really need to get more in that game. Plus, we also got to check out their new games. And I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, Tony. Did you get a chance for this pronunciation? Uh, Congaceros. Congaceros, which is based on like, it's a, almost a Western theme, but it's in Brazil. It's in Brazil, about the gangs in Brazil um, and trying to manage, you know, gang, gang control and you're, it, it was a simplified game. It was hard to hear him here. So yeah. I'm going trying to, uh, it, it was very crowded in their area. It was hard to hear. So that's one of their new games. Love the board. And the way he was explaining it, it seemed very straightforward um, on how to play this game. Anytime I look at cards or the board and, and there's no words, I'm like, okay, this is going to be something I can easily explain or teach. I don't have to spend a lot of time on that. The Rich and the Good, 
um, was an economic game mm-hmm. where you're uh, both drafting from cards that's in between you and the player to your left and you and the player to your right. Again, it was a market-driven game from what I could gather. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear very well, but I was kind of interested in that because I'm usually interested in, in uh, market games too. So uh, that was their new games coming out. Uh, ensemble. Ensemble, which is a party game, which he said was a mixture of Dixit and The Mind. I thought it was Mysterium. The way they were talking about where you play. Maybe it was Mysterium. Where where you're trying to guess what the other person is hinting at. Again, I couldn't hear very well either. But it's another. It said they don't do a lot of party games, but they they thought this was pretty good. So they don't get into that. Walked over to Floodgate Games. Uh, We talked about Kites a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a new game. Skyrockets. Thank you, Sky. I couldn't think of it. Which also uses the uh, sand timers. So that was fun. It was fun. I'm interested in this game too. Uh, it's just using the sand timer mechanic, but this time it's like a, you have scenarios that you try to achieve before. And if any of the sand timers run out, then you lose. Your goal is try to prep skyrockets and press the button and shoot off some fireworks. And, that's that's kind of the thing. And the fastest movie thing they got over there was Sagrada Artisans. The Legacy Sagrada game, I mean, they were selling through that. Mm-hmm. And so they were very pleased on how that was going. And then they had a bunch of um, pads or puzzles. And for those who have played it, they had two additional puzzle packs. So that was for the Sagrada fans. I cannot wait to get that home and get, try it because that's one of Donna's favorites, Sagrada. Got to sit down with CGE. Saw oh, the latest expansion uh, to Lost Ruins of Arnak. Mm-hmm. The main thing about this is that it adds campaign and co-op. Yes, uh, he spent a lot of time talking about how that works. A couple of players playing uh, in a campaign type scenario and at those co-op element, they have two new um, leaderboards that you can play plus a bunch of new cards you can integrate into the game. To me, I was kind of lukewarm. I love Lost Ruins of Arnak, but I was kind of lukewarm in this expansion because I know I probably won't do the campaign or the co-op. Right. And the two explorers they're introducing, I like the mechanic where you would choose certain actions on their will. Yeah, one of them I, had that. Yeah. yeah, that was the mechanic. And then you had the journalist, um, and he had various capabilities. So if you're just looking for new explorers to go with your base game, you can do that. However, these were pretty well designed, and he pointed out, and Nathan pointed out that these are designed for this expansion because without them, your base vanilla, it's not your campaign's not going to work right. very well. It'll be very, very hard. Right. So who wants to be frustrated in a board so, game? I don't. Well, I might not have much interest in it. If you're looking for something like that, uh, that's their latest expansion. I am very interested in their very heavy game they promoted, about a two-hour game called Kutnahora. Mm-hmm. And this is about a checklist, uh, Czech city, historical city, uh, that had mining. And it is a city-building game crossed with an economic game. Mm-hmm. So this, this town is known for its silver mining, and it produced the coins during that time. And so they built it up on that. And so, Mar- so as soon as they go city building, Marty goes, I'm, 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 well, I'm paying attention. Love city building. I know you do. And as he started to explain it, he did an amazing job at going through this hugely complex game on what all the things are done and the heavy, econo- not heavy, but the economics of how the markets adjust based on what you're doing on the board and how you have to buy plots and you have to build things. But the key to me was that you're not collecting a whole bunch of resources. What are you collecting? Everything is done through money. So it's not like you're collecting wood or ore or gold, et cetera, or food. Everything is handled through money, meaning there's a market board. There's this clever little tray that tracks 
what the value of like wood is. Mm -hmm. So if you need to build something that cost four wood, you look at the current price of wood. If it's four, you pay 16, you've used your four wood. Or if you sell, you know, I'm going to sell, uh, I have on your board, you track, uh, like how much wood you may have. I have three wood. What's the current value in the market? Oh, it's five, three times five is 15. I collect 15. It's that way for every type of resource. Mm -hmm. So all resources are basically done through the trading or a transaction of coin or money. Right. And you are controlling a board of guilds of working guilds, like the lumber guild, the lollipop guild. The, <laughs> you no, there's no lollipop. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no lollipop guild. Um, the, the, the mining guild, the, the, um, Oh man. I, I, I can't, can't remember all that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch of different ones, but the thing is though, is that you had, was it three or four guilds? Three, three guilds. Three, you three, have three guilds. guilds? But you don't have a guild of every type of no. resource. You may not be able to collect wood to sell because you don't have a wood guild, but you still may need to purchase wood. Mm -hmm. You're then relying on somebody else in the game who does have a wood guild to control the market and make sure the supply is out there for you to be able to use. Right. This is one of those games where you're going to spend a good 30 to 45 minutes on a teach yep. so that everybody understands your first play is going to be the feels play where it's like, okay, I understand the mechanics. I understand how, I, how it needs to work for me. And do I really like it? And you're just, and then after that two, three, you know, it's 30 minutes per player. And he was telling us with four players, they even got it down to an hour and a half. Uh, again, it's, it, there's a lot, he said, there's a lot of player interaction in this because where people build their, up their city on the main board, um, affects how maybe you can get points or they get points. Plus just the fact that there's different guilds, they're affecting the market prices of stuff that you need and vice versa. And if you are a big fan of Codenames online and you also said, well, dang it, I wish letter jam was online. It's online. It's online. <laughs> This was really exciting. We got to meet somebody else. Last night, we got to meet Alan Moon. We got to meet designer Jason Matthews, who designed Twilight Struggle. Thank you for pointing. Uh, th there's so many names, and I'm just like, who's? And then you go, Twilight Struggle. Oh, okay. Plus the uh, Red China Sea over Trouble. Yes. What was that? Uh, <laughs> the two Red Sea Conflict or yeah. the, the two-player. Uh, horn. Horn of Africa. The it's Red not worth $5. Horn. It's late. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, we got to meet him. It was a pleasure meeting him, and was, we love the games he designs. Uh, he, he and I, we actually taught business. That's what was scary, and that's what I. That's some of the things I enjoy when you meet these guys. You find out what they do in their person, uh, their professional lives, and it's just like, wow, okay, we we could really have a conversation here, and not just talk about board games all the time. So yes, he was. It was a pleasure meeting him, talking to him. Um, we continued to walk around the hall. Um, we had a meeting with Asmodee. And uh, we, we talked a lot about Star Wars with, uh, with our contact there. And we're very excited on where things are going um, with that game. So hopefully they will release more. Just keep, keep your eye out in 2024. Uh, okay, so now we're up to the strike tournament. Uh, thank goodness we were one block to, away. To quote Randy Quaid, I'm going to jump in here. Independence Day. I'm back. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Big thanks to Ben for bringing mm -hmm. his uh, hand cart yes. up here uh, to our room to help carry over a bunch of games that a lot of great publishers gave to us, like Restoration. See if I can name them all. Restoration Games, CGE, A Lucky Duck, Pandasaurus, Floodgate Games. WizKids? Yes. Queen? Yes. 
uh, Thunderworks. Yes. You did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Hachette. Um, Renegade. Yes. Um, and if we forgot anybody, we are so sorry. <laughs> but yes, uh, so we got, we're only one block away. Very easy to set up. Once again, Old Spaghetti Factory, amazing. We walked in 15 minutes before. They said, your room is ready. I said, can we go prep? They said, yes, just let us know when we open the doors. And then all of a sudden, 100 amazing people walked through that door. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a dice tray and die from Miniature Market. Everybody got a coaster from Game Toppers. Everybody got a copy of a game called Echoes uh, from Ravensburger. Mm-hmm. And the people that walked in, thank you so much. Orderly, they gave me their names. I was quickly marking them off. Ben, once again, was handing out stuff. And, I mean, it was very orderly. And Old Spaghetti Factory, I heard a lot of people say, we've never seen a restaurant handle 100 people, get them fed that quickly, have all the orders correct, all the drink orders correct, and include um, get all the checks out correctly. Uh, Amazing, amazing job. They like us, we like them, and uh, we had a great time. So uh, the tournament went on. It was amazing. The, in the semifinals, we had, gosh, was it 10 Dice in the Bowl mm-hmm. representatives because every table played, and then the champion went on to the semifinals from each table. And then there were seven, seven or eight gladiators in the arena. We knocked it down to where there was three representing each side for the finals, and what an intense game. I, mm-hmm. Sir, I love the fact that you got up on the chair and commentated for people because it's hard to see yeah. what's going on. We would pause the game every so often, have everybody tell how many number of dice they have left. And what an amazing game. It came down to two people, a dice and a bowl and a gladiators in an arena, and they fought over and over. And in the end, congratulations, Woo-hoo! gladiators in the arena is once again the strike tournament yes. champion. And the champion from Game Toppers got and a hundred dollars. I mean, Berkey was store credit. Store credit. Yeah, Berkey was amazing. He gave a mat to the second place person, and everybody got the the bags, the game bags. Berkey, thank you so much for all your support for that and meeting the needs. The raffle went off almost without a hitch. Um, I mean, it was interesting how the tickets. Everybody kept, well, why aren't you pulling our tickets over here? I, whatever. So I let somebody else pull the ticket, so I wouldn't be accused of cheating. Yep. Uh, again, uh, for those who attended, you guys are amazing. Uh, one of the wait staff told us a horrible story of another gaming group that came in there and was absolutely horrible to really? work with. Yes. I'm not going to name who it was. They were there till 4 a.m. They wouldn't leave. I'd kick they, their sorry butts They out. said, you have to leave. The guy got upset, took his chair and threw it up and it hit the ceiling because he threw it and flung it so hard. He, he said, so thank you so much for bringing in a very respectful crowd into here and some people that we love to serve and hang out with. Mm-hmm. So that was our day. Yes, it was an amazing day. Oh, by the way, everybody did get the poker chip. It was revealed that we have a new logo for taste buds from Ben Daniel. Right now, you can go over to sirmeeple.com and you can get our logo on a pint glass or on a t-shirt. And I will be ordering some pint glasses because it's an amazing logo. Look at all the detail that he has is caricatures of Tony and I as squirrels and around the edges is some different things we've mm-hmm. tried, such as durian, crickets, drinks, etc. Mm-hmm. And why can I never remember Emily Rose's, uh, the it's red bubble, red bubble. Why can I, yeah. Red bubble uh, slash Emily Rose. For, mm-hmm. If you want to get the champions t-shirt. Yes. Of, um, you know, 
gladiators in the arena. Or if you want to pull for the underdog next year, you can definitely get the Dyson a bowl shirt. And Robinsberger loves those shirts. They really do. They're like, man. And we're like, hey, you should have thought of it first, but we did. So there you go. So so that's it. Wow. Uh, yeah, this was a long day, and we got uh, we got even more meetings tomorrow. So we won't have to talk. We won't have to talk that long about meetings. Yeah, we'll have to talk quick with all the stuff we see uh, tomorrow. And we've yet to play a game that we've bought. We have yes. Tomorrow night, though, I think we have an open night, and you and I have some great two-player games. I think we need to crack some of these open. Mm. And try them out. Yeah, and there's no ball game, so we can't go to the ball game. Game. All right. I guess it's time we need to get to bed. Portal Games wasn't at Gen Con this year, and I missed seeing Ignacy and Mary. And we sent them a couple of videos, telling how much we missed them, and they missed us. But you know what you don't want to miss? That's the pre-order for Imperial Miners. It's going to be up now, and I can't wait to try this game. This game's going to be coming out later this year. It's a shame it couldn't have been here because it would have sold like crazy. Of course, the, another booth would have had people wrapped around it for Imperial Miners. And then, of course, you could have picked up Basilica, oh my, Brazil, and anything else at Ignacy. Oh, Robinson. I, I know Robinson is an old game, but if it is not in your collection, it needs to be. So, so head over to shopportalgames.com. See what all they've got. Who knows? Ignacio might be saying, you know what? I feel feel sad that I wasn't there. And you can check out all of his games that you can purchase online. Okay, yeah, sure. So we're supposed to be covering Friday's events on Friday night, but it's actually at 1243 a.m. because we finally got to play some games. Yeah, and I'm really tired, so this is going to be quick. All right, <laughs> highlights of the day, Tony. Where do we start out with? Well, we're going to start out at Renegade's booth, and that was one of our very first stops after we got up and got moving. And we, the biggest thing there was I am all decked out and ready to play some My Little Pony RPG, baby. I'm ready. That's right. We got some dice. You got a, a GM board and like a little module that's going to be a one shot. So our plan is to get some other people and do a live stream of an RPG session. And we will announce that on future episodes once I get it all set up and learn the base rules behind it and make sure that they can create their characters. But yes, that is more to come and it will be live streamed. It may be. We'll find out. We'll see how it goes. You know how technology is at times. Yep. And, and our, our Renegade Games has so many things. They have all their IPs. They've got some remakes of games like X, Hex Libris coming out, and they got their Axis and Allies line. So it's really kind of good to catch up with them and keep an eye out for some of the stuff they're going to have coming out later on this fall. They had this weird RPG book about a heavy metal band. It was oh, yeah. Really, a brand new one from uh, Ivan Norman um, and, and Hunter uh, uh, RPGs. Uh, he said he said it was just a fun RPG system where you're like a, a rock metal band. Right. And we talked a little bit about the deck builders of G.I. Joe, Transformers, and My Little Pony. And their big uh, werewolf RPG that's coming out now. Mm-hmm. That, that was a big release here. Uh, I'm really liking the um, – I, I still like the G.I. Joe deck builder. And they showed us the flag um, – not battleship oh aircraft carrier mm-hmm. and that was really an interesting model that they had sitting in the case so some more gi joe if you enjoyed the gi joe deck builder that may be something that you might be interested in went over to north star games and uh this is really cool so you know they had the evolution style games evolution oceans etc mm-hmm. very popular and uh dominique who's the head of the company who also designed these games is coming out with a new game called nature 
which basically he's gone back. He's kind of retweaked the rules and he's built a system now to where you're going to be able uh, next year, um, they're going to have a, a Kickstarter. You're going to be able to buy into the system and it's going to be modular and you can make the game a quick, short game, like 30 to 45 minutes. And you can add in additional modules, like maybe it's more mean where you have more predators or different modules where you have a chance to maybe escape being attacked, etc. So it goes from a very simple light style game to a more full game like the Evolution series has now, but all in a modular system and in one box. I think that's going to do really well for them. I do too. It's coming to Kickstarter, I believe that they said. And one of the big things that Dominique said was he wanted to solve the issue If for those of us who you know keep playing Oceans and Evolution is the um, snowballing where someone can get way ahead. And I've seen this happen, especially when there's a, a whole lot of predators and everybody starts leaning towards the predators, the size. And he says, I'm, I've tried and I have he believes solve the snowballing effect where you cannot catch somebody. I mean, they've been working on it for a while, so can't, uh, it, this will be fun. I, I enjoyed the evolution game. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And they had another card game called inheritors. So that's something different from North star. So keep an eye out for that. It is currently out there. Uh, they should have sold out today. That card game. Yep. It was, it was very popular headed over to the, the op, uh, which we haven't done a lot with recently because they just kind of make games that, that we really haven't gravitated to, but uh, talking uh, with them there, it looks like they're coming out with a hobby line of games where they're trying to get more hobby focused style games mm-hmm. out there. And, um, and one of the ones we saw was uh, express route express route, which is a co-op uh, delivery pickup and delivery type game. Yes. Got to manage logistics. You got to help one another, try to get stuff delivered. So that's interesting that you come out after a whole three years of where logistics got all screwed up in the U.S. And now you can show how you can do it better. And and then another co-op uh, game that they're coming out with it uh, has the uh, what, who, who's the artist Vincent du, Dutre Dutre, mm-hmm. and it's called the Art Project where you're trying to catch an art thief. That one really interests us. It did. It's also a co-op game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, where you're working together where pieces of art have been stolen and you're trying to to get them back. But he has like six different maps of different countries and regions, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a lot of different replayability. Of course, the art, the, the graphic design is just absolutely amazing. So it's kind of teasing us how that game was going to work. But that's one I'm definitely looking forward to just due to the, the art and look of it alone. Right. And it, it, the way it was explained to us is that, you know, you're, you're solving along these art thieves. But as the game moves along, it gets harder to solve and therefore you know that's where you're it's the the win condition how well you do mm-hmm. so uh, i'm excited to see that and then of course they um they showed us some other game like um what was that tapple where we were sitting there oh, watching yeah. a little party game a little party game where you know name vegetables and you have the 26 letters and, and it's a little plastic little device and you you name a vegetable and you punch the letter saying that letter can't be used again i, I mean it looks like a little clever party game these that has been really popular yes and they're coming out with a travel size of it yep yeah so anyway it's good to hear, cool to hear the op is is starting to go towards maybe some more hobby style games which would definitely be more interesting to us we got inside to talk to uh randolph games and which is up in montreal we got to hear a lot about them about their goal is trying to make games that are people can easily get into for example they did one based on their zoo called miller zoo mm-hmm. which is a light co-op family game the miller zoo 
the the theme is that you are the zoologist Mm -hmm. and you're trying to rehabilitate the animals and as you're playing you're moving throughout the zoo trying to help them match match icons on it so that these animals can be rehabilitated and when you say light it is feather light. Yeah, definitely for kids. I it's, mean, it's a family those, game. It's a family game. and um, Simultaneous. Sim, it's too late. I'm not going to even try that word again. Yeah. So, um, Terms, uh, yeah. again, it's, and they're trying to, to make games more like that. They, they have a trivia game we played tonight called CDSK, mm-hmm. where each of those letters stands for a, uh, a category of trivia. What I like about how it works is, is it'll be like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you know, for example, the show, the office, mm-hmm. and you get to pick a question, easy question from one or hard question to 10. And if you're right, you move that many spaces again, light party trivia game. That's we had a good time with. Yeah. And we tied when we played it. So, and that was purely because the ones at the end were not so easy. Oh man. I, oh, I, I, I we could probably could have gone through 20 of them and I found out something about myself, which I knew, but I knew very little of Taylor Swift stuff. Didn't know any Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, yeah, me either. And there's a, there was a Swifty there. It was like, oh, can I play this? No, no. <laughs> no, you cannot answer for them. Oh, man. Uh, one hot game here is uh, is Three Ring Circus from DeVere. Sold out. Sold out quickly. But we love all DeVere games, so I want to get a copy of it and try it. Yeah. Another booth we stopped by was Boards and Dice. Mm-hmm. And we got to see a new game coming out at Essen. Mm-hmm. And it is based on nuclear power. But it's alternate history. Oh, I know. Alternate history. But nuclear power is good. Nuclear power is good anyway. <laughs> All right? You know, it's clean energy. Yes, there's bombs there, but it's okay. No, there's no bombs in nuclear. Oh, my gosh. There are no bombs in nuclear plants. Okay. I don't know. Uranium. You saw Oppenheimer. What are you doing? What are you doing? You worked in a nuclear plant. You know a <laughs> reactor is not going to explode. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Oh my I gosh. know that. People are going to be listening going, excuse me, I live near a nuclear plant. You tell me that thing's going to explode? No. Oh, no, just don't worry when the sirens go Oh my off. gosh, stop it. All right, so anyway, so <laughs> it's a game called like Nucleum or something like that. Nucleum, but, yes. But um, we were told this was possibly their heaviest game they've ever released. This is the company that releases all those T games, mm-hmm. and they're saying this is potentially the heaviest one they've ever done coming yep. out of Essen. You're trying to build rail networks. You're trying to build homes. You're trying to activate the plants. There was so much going on with that, and it, it was hard to follow. Yeah, I can see that as being a very heavy game, but one where with Marty and I, we both started our careers out in a nuclear power plant, and you know where there's nothing wrong with us. So it's perfectly safe. Except for that one eye in the back of my neck. Okay, it's the twitch I have. <laughs> We're kidding, y'all. We're kidding. Um, let's see. Uh, had a great meal tonight with Dan King, uh, Game Boy Geek. Got to sit down with him and have a really good meal. Um, yeah, we were at a Thai restaurant a Thai with some restaurant. jazz music. Mm-hmm. We sat there. We got uh, talked with him for quite some time. Then uh, Lance. Uh, Lance, um, yeah, mm-hmm. the undead Viking. You may yeah. know him as, but he currently mm-hmm. works at uh, Gray Fox Games. Gray Fox Games. He was telling us all about... Uh, uh, what is last light? Last light. Why do I, I want to call it laser light? Yeah, uh, which is the uh, new game from Roy Kennedy from mm-hmm. uh, Dice Tower, and it's very very popular. Can't keep it in stock here. No, he can't. Matter of fact, he was telling us he's got so many allocated, and tomorrow he's going to make sure that the people at the show pick it up. Now, one thing I do want to point out uh, before we wrap up some of the Gen Con stuff is that the line for that card game that shall not be named. We can name it. 
Well, I don't want to, you know. Okay, okay. the one we talked about, Lorcanum. Yeah, Lorcanum, that one that we won't name. That yes, one. that one. Uh, it was much better controlled, better yes. managed. Yes. Um, and yet, stuff people are buying stuff online at eBay at ridiculous prices. So I, we heard an anecdote today where somebody got a starter deck, and as soon as they left the line, somebody walked up with a wad of cash and started offering them money for it, up to three hundred and fifty dollars just for the starter decks. And the and the guy said, "No, I want to play the game." Oh, really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's what uh, Nick was telling us tonight. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's, uh, let me tell you something that we can't wait to tell you all about, because if we start now, we'll never stop talking. Sky Team. Sky Team. From Scorpion Mosque, which is a co-op game where you're playing as a pilot and co-pilot t- trying to land a game, is one of the best games I've played in a long time, both with how the mechanisms work with dice and the theme, and it fits perfectly. We've I played it, you and I played it three times tonight, and then yeah. and then you had to go uh, make a phone call, and Nick sat, sat with me, and we played another time. So I've played four times already. Yeah, it's not a complicated game. No. I mean, once somebody, we kind of had to slowly work through the rules, but if somebody was teaching, I taught Nick in like two minutes, and right. he got it. Yeah, so it, we were going through the rule book, or other than that, you, like you said, you can teach it. But I mean, you know, you're 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 discussing strategy. You're going to roll some dice. You can no longer discuss things, and then you're trying to keep the airplane from uh, spinning, which is a bad thing. I hear with passengers on it. You know, doing loop de loops, you can't really do that. That's a bad thing. And then you got to also make sure that your approach, you're going at the right speed because there's air traffic in the way. So you could crash into other planes. I hear that's not a good thing. So you, you got to adjust your flaps your, and get your brakes ready and do all those things that pilots do that get us safely from one city to the next. And Marty and I did not do that on our first go round. No, we actually um, see what happened. We landed a little too early. We yeah. missed the runway. Yeah. And I used the diehard to um, <laughs> analogy to it. Yeah. We put it. Or we put it in the Hudson or whatever you want to do. So, yeah. so you're going to be hearing more about that in the future when we do a formal review. We can explain a little more details on how it worked. But I will just tell you, I absolutely loved it. That game is super hot. Every morning, Every there's morning. a long line at Scorpion uh, Moss trying to – Scorpion Mask, I think, uh, trying to buy that game. And it's, it's a very inexpensive game. Yeah, I, I forget. I think he told me it was $30. Yeah, but there is a lot of game in that little box because there's a ton of different scenarios. So we can't t- wait to tell you uh, more about that. And what we're excited about is on Saturday, we're going to be doing a demo of Elder Scrolls from Chip Theory Games that was recently on Kickstarter. And I am not – I don't – am I going to be able to be ready for that? That's that's in the morning early. Yeah, it is. Which means we probably get to get some sleep because I bet that's going to be kind of a meaty little game. To it's going to be thinky. I yeah. mean, shoot, what, what what was the one we just played? Uh, uh, hippopotamus. Hippopotamus from Chip Theory Games. I know it wasn't Hippopotamus. Oh, Hippomachus. Hippo. Yes. Hoplomachus. My gosh, gosh. you're not getting me thinking hippo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's late. I'm punchy, so we are out of here. As we walked around the Gen Con floor, I couldn't help but notice all over the place was game toppers. I remember we went to uh, Board and Dice, and they had this huge game that we had talked about, Nucleum, uh, that's going to be coming out. takes up a huge table space, and they said, we didn't have a place to put it. Until they got the large game topper from GameTopperLLC.com, and then that board was splayed out on the uh, the table, and the players had plenty of room to put all their player boards around it. It looked really good. The best thing about it is... 
as crowded as that hall was, people were bouncing into one another. People were hitting you with their big freaking bags. It was just like chaos in there. But you know, if a game was on a game topper, none of those parts ended up on the floor or lost because of that rail system. It kept everything right there in front. People had a way to sit down, rest their arms, and play the games. And then, of course, thanks to Berkey and his incredible support at the uh, Old Spaghetti Factory Strike Tournament that we had, he gave out the incredible $100 gift card. He gave out a game topper. Uh, not a game topper, I'm sorry, a mat. And you know we rave about his mats. And then, you know, some people also got some of his tote bags. They also can serve as an insulated cooler. And everybody got one of his coasters, too. Including me. I got a coaster. That's right. So head over to GameToppersLLC.com for all of their incredible products. It is Saturday night. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. S-A. No, only YouTube oh. videos are you're allowed to sing in order to keep the um, likes going to stop that. So we are at the end of Gen I Con. I don't understand a word he just said, y'all. The, YouTube videos, if you sing, if they get the number of likes, you will stop. So you can only sing on the YouTube videos. You, if you, oh, I see what you're saying. I see. You forget half the things you do, it's don't too you? Late. It's too late. Okay. So Saturday night, it's time to pack up. It's time to get the H-E-L-L toothpicks thing, whatever you want to spell it. Get the hell out of here, baby. It's time to go. It was crazy today. We walked up to the convention center. Big sign out front said, Saturday Pass is sold out. I have never seen that sign before. You, you haven't? Nope. Okay. That should have been reason enough to turn around. Well, we didn't because we had a chance to go into the back of Chip Theory Games booth where it was nice and quiet and away from the people and play Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a game that we backed on Kickstarter, and they invite us to come and check out a demo of it. And if you know the Chip Theory games, you have the nice neoprene match, you have the nice poker chips, you have characters with health represented by poker chips, and in this game, you're playing on a quest. You have a map, you're going to be taking some actions like moving around a board, you're going to interact with some, uh, you can go into town, you can get some equipment, you can fight some monsters for an ultimate quest. You can even pick up followers, which is a really nice thing that they added in there. So while you're on these quests, you have so many days, depending on what the quest is, you may pick up some side quests. All in all, you're doing what you do in Skyrim. You go out, you kill stuff, you hope you have some loot, you'll encounter some people that may kill you. I will say that I was an archer, but I could not implement my stealth. But probably one of the things that I enjoyed the most was this thing called fatigue. Mm -hmm. After you roll your dice, you put it in a track below your... Oh, I see. So the whole track was fatigue. I was thinking about the fatigue dice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you use any dice, they go into this uh, track down below where you have to have a, a is it a cooldown track? It's a cooldown. Cooldown. Yeah. That's yeah. it. But you got, sometimes you were given fatigue dice. You're given yes. fatigue dice. Go into the cooldown. If you have an encounter at the end of a round, you may remove so many fatigue dice, depending on. So many dice out of your cooldown track, track. which might be the dice that you use to attack with. Yes. If they're in the track, you can't use them. Mm -hmm. That sucks. You can't shoot your bow if your arrows are down in the cooldown track. I like that part because it is like you can't spam the same thing over and over again. You have to wait for the quote-unquote cooldown before your dice become available again. I also really like how 
the skills are done where you have uh, four or five uh, tracks and you could have skills on the left and right hand side of a track and you can increment increment each of those skills but at some point they're going to meet in the middle mm-hmm. so you have to decide do you want to give you know more to the one on the right that means you have less stats to the one on the left i really like that part of the decision where you have this kind of uh, push and pull of the, the stat lines yeah magicka stamina health all that's there and when you build out your character you can decide how they line up you can put all four down one side and then as you pick up new talents from the uh town that can take up one of the slots once again, it's from a Skyrim person. I was like, okay, how are they going to pull that off? What? Because one of the things in Skyrim is you have the tech tree. I call it the tech tree where you allocate your experience points. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, so how are they going to do this? So yes, you'll gain experience. The experience you can spend on getting dice or increasing your health, increasing your stamina, increasing your magicka, however you want to do that, depending on the character sheet. So, I mean, it worked very well. Mm-hmm. We won. Which I was very surprised. Yeah, he said we actually finished better than some of the other demos. Um, he said we kind of really built our characters well to work with each other. I built as a tank. You built as a range guy, and it just hadn't worked yeah, out. Yeah, you tanked so well, your chips were disappearing constantly. That, that's true. That's true. But you get these, like, I, I picked up this cool ability called Spike Armor. Mm-hmm. That, And when I use the Spike Armor, it goes down in my cooldown bar. And as long as it's there, if I take any damage, I automatically deal damage mm-hmm. back. There's just a lot of nice little neat mechanics. So we just saw the tip of the iceberg, but I really like the core mechanics of the game. So if you back this or are interested in looking at it, understand you've got, uh, from a solo player, you're going to be dealing with a lot of dice. You're going to be managing that, and they have it scaled appropriately. And typical chip theory game, tons and tons of dice. You won't be using them all based on your skills, but as more people join your party... I mean, this is this is one of those games that if a quest is big enough, I can see lasting three, four hours. Yeah. I really can. But what I like is there's different scenarios have different lengths. We mm-hmm. played a short scenario, finishing under two hours. He said some could take, you know, like you said, three hours. So when you sit down to play, you can decide how you want to play it. There's also a campaign mode that as you level up your character, you can progress through uh, three uh, scenarios, basically. And keep leveling up your character over time. And they'll have some way for you to save that status of your character. So, you know, when, if you want to play another connect, uh, character under a different scenario, you can do that. So really nice touches. And that was at the Chip Theory booth yep. this morning for two hours. Had a blast there. We were joking, cutting up. It was good fun. Time. It was. And I do not regret backing this game. Good. Uh, and so no, I, no buyer's remorse. Nope. No buyer's remorse. And I can't wait to... Uh, Check it out when it comes out. I believe they said next September is the plan, September 2024. Uh, next stop was to increase our health. We had some calzones at a restaurant we've never Ooh, been into. What was it? Sauce on the side? Sauce on the side. That was good. I'm glad you found it. It's like a place that's kind of off the strip a little mm-hmm. bit, and it wasn't crowded at all. But they had all these different types of calzones. Oh, it was so good. It, mine wasn't as good as Marty's, and um, <laughs> it was so funny. The soda machine, it had two drinks working. They were, they unfortunately were out of stock on a lot of things. So I guess they weren't expecting the crowd that they were getting. And I, I will say I was kind of jealous of the people that we saw who actually attended our uh, strike tournament mm-hmm. who ordered a uh, apple pie calzone. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a pie flip. 
It was the pie. It was basically a huge calzone stuffed with apples and some apple filling. Oh, it looks so good. It looks so good. Throw some vanilla ice cream on it. It'd be amazing. Yes, it would. We hopped back over to Brother Wise Games, got to see what they were doing. Uh, We got a copy of Big Boss Battles, which we'd never tried. They had the 10th anniversary of that. So I'm anxious to try this very classic game. And they have a new game coming out on Kickstarter, which they say is, quote, unquote, Mario Kart in a board game style game, but it's using their boss battle characters. So question, you went quote, unquote, so don't you say quote, do the station and then unquote it? So it should be quote, Mario Kart, unquote. Okay. Well, I thought maybe I did things wrong because I screw these things up all the time. No, man. You, you, you're right, sir. So okay. that's going to be coming on Kickstarter. That looks kind of clever. You did ask, is there a blue turtle shell? She said, well, it's not the blue turtle shell, but there is something that, you know, the person in last place can help catch up. And one of the things uh, she pointed out was that, hey, you know, the people in the back are going to get the better gear, just like in Mario Kart. Like that. Yeah. So this is one I, I'm definitely, I love Mario Kart. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this, see what some, see what some of the videos look like. Maybe some early reviews. Shoot. May, maybe we might even be, get a preview demo of it. Who knows? Plus I love, um, Racing games, too. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that. Uh, so next, I'm going to Upper Deck real quick. Just kind of caught up with them. Uh, they were releasing a new Legacy game this year called uh, The Matrix. So if you like The Matrix-themed games, uh, then you can uh, check that out. But also got a copy of the new Versus deck, um, Mortal Kombat. We played that game when it first came out as a CCG many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. He said the system's been tweaked a little bit. So he gave us a uh, Mortal Kombat 11 deck to try out just to see how the system has changed. But we've always been fans of Upper Deck going back to 1989 when we bought the baseball set, the very first baseball set that had King Griffey Jr., number one, that was supposed to pay for my kids' college, but it did not. It did not do that. And, you know, get over here, finish him. We'll be doing all that good stuff. Now, one thing when we were at uh, Sauce on the Side, people that were at Strike said, you need to go down row 100. In the bottom corner, there's this little game company from Japan and so we took a flyer called Builders High. We're going to report back on this. It was very interesting. We bought the game for fifteen dollars. We mm-hmm. got the box. And I'm like, "Well, thank you." He says, "Hold on, wait. Here's your English version." So I was like, "Oh, that's a good thing that we stayed and got that." So, so. we bought a sealed box, but then he handed, handed us another sealed deck with rules in it that are English and the cards. <laughs> that's the cards themselves. Yeah, sorry. Um. What was interesting was, is we had a lot of trouble communicating. They couldn't understand us. We couldn't understand them. They had sold out of a couple games and we were like, okay, these three games left, which is the best. And they each pointed to a different one. So we just went with one of them. So who knows? Maybe it'll be fun. It was really cool to support those guys. They were nice as they could be. They just... They just couldn't communicate very well. and Or we couldn't communicate because of the Southern draw. And uh, and we got the last one of Builders High. Mm -hmm. And so that helped them out a little bit. So now when someone comes up and says, which is the best? We would say uh, he could only have two to point to. And and these can be ordered online. It's called Hobby Japan. But it had to come straight from Japan uh, on Mm -hmm. that. So uh, sometimes you just got to take the flyer. It's $15. Why not? Why not? It It may be brilliant. Uh, we got to do an exciting demo of a new CCG-style game coming from Asmodee called Altered. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were invited to do a special demo over in Lucas Oilfield with some other people. If that sounds odd to you, it's like, wait a minute. So there's Disney Lorcana, Lorcana, mm-hmm. Lorcana. I don't know which one it is, which is a CCG. Star Wars Unlimited that we've already talked about from Fantasy Flight, who's owned by Asmodee, mm-hmm. a CCG. And now another CCG. 
called Unaltered. And this is going to be kickstarted. Was it altered? Altered. Altered. Yeah, and this is going to be. Yeah, that's all right. It's, it'll be um, kickstarted in February of next year. Mm-hmm. They've been developing it for two years. Um, the plan is to get the Kickstarter, get it out there, and then Gen Con will be the official release with a tournament, if I remember correctly. They're planning so. on that. And oh, great. It, More Lorcana Lor- line type things. Uh, it's a tournament. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what goes on. Now, as with any typical TCG, you're going to be buying some starters, some boosters, but there were a couple unique things about this. First off, every card, and this is what we harped on during the meeting after we played, and there is a QR code. Now, you're saying, okay, well, how does the game play? It's, that's also a unique aspect. You're not trying to beat each other down. No, you're not. But there are a lot of very similar elements between this and Star Wars Unlimited. The resource mechanics work exactly the mm-hmm. same way. You draw two cards, one can go in your resource area, and you can spend those resources to take an action. And then you take an action, I take an action. So it's back and forth, just like on Star Wars Unlimited, which we really liked. But instead of beating the other person down, instead, it's your character, and I guess their companion or their, their familiar, companion. Their command- is companion. on uh, this horizontal track between the both of you, and one starts on each end, and your goal is to try to get them to meet somewhere in the middle and the first player to get their two tokens to meet their companion and character to meet wins the game actually you don't have to they just need to meet you could simply play one side the entire time going through the biomes and progressing down as long as they meet somewhere now this will give the other player the ability to move their character opposite if you're not playing any cards there there's no battle so what do i mean by that after everybody finishes playing cards with their mana, then you will go to the dusk phase and you will then compare and see whoever has the highest value of the biome will determine who may move on, provided that it matches the biome you're moving from. If it's a tie, nobody moves. If the biome isn't there, because there's there's land, sea, and mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it's you're on a land, in order to move off the land, you need to win the land, then You've got to have more points in land. And these points come from characters that you play in one of two zones. Mm-hmm. One zone moves your character. One zone will move your companion. And whatever your opponent plays on the other side, you that's where you compare. Because every character has each of those three stats, mm-hmm. forest, mountain, and sea. And like you said, whichever one you're on, if you win that, you, you move across. So you are putting out units that you're going to co- kind of compare strengths with. But what's cool is what happens after that. And what's that? Because you you were you love this part of it. There's well, so you pay for the mana cost, but there's another number, a red number, and we're like, what's this? And what is it? Your cards leave the field and go to what's called your memory area, which can can hold up to two cards. When cards are in your memory area, the next turn you can play them from the memory area back into one of those two zones. Sometimes the cost of those characters are cheaper. Sometimes it's higher. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the same. But that means you kind of know, I'll be able to use these characters next turn if I want to. And once they are used again, then they're discarded. Right. So it allows you to play the same character twice. Mm-hmm. They're fleeting. Yeah. They're, after they come back in, they're considered fleeting. So those little twists right there with the memory, you can have permanents in play. You can have instant spells. But, but with the memory and the fact that you aren't fighting each other made it different. Oh, we haven't mentioned this yet. The art is some of the best art I've ever seen in a card game in a very long time. 
You know how we were saying art is subjective? Yeah. All right. We'll leave it at that on me. You didn't care for it? No. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you like the Star Wars better. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is more of a colorful fantasy style art. It's not dark, but it has a lot of whim- not whimsical. It's not cartoony like Lorcana no, is. it's not. But it is, it's just a very uh, a fancy fantasy. It's, it's very fantasy. watercolory. It's very yeah. bright. I, and I, it's gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not my cup of tea. Got it. I mean, you know, is Picasso my cup of tea? No, not really. So, you know, mm-hmm. I look beyond that into the game. So We'll be talking probably more about this when the Kickstarter hits. I would just say I enjoyed it. We both, we were talking with other people. Uh, Rob Rouse from Blue Peg, Pink Peg was in there. David Waybright from Man vs. Meeple. And we said, which one do we like better, Star Wars or uh, this altered game? And none of us wanted to give a definitive opinion no. after just one game each. I will say it's close. There are a lot of similarities, but there are a couple key differences between the two. And the way they're going to their business model, we're kind of wondering about those QR codes we talked about. Mm-hmm. You can scan those into their application so that you can track who owns what card because every card has a unique QR code. And you can sell your card to somebody, but you don't have to physically ship them the card because they're going to have a print on demand. Right. And whatever card is in your library, you can order like for a buck to have the card printed and sent to you. And if that sounds wild, it is. We can't fully wrap our minds around it, but it's an odd business model that you want to keep an eye on. And I mean, we can talk about how this impacts tournaments. You can talk about how this impacts stores, so forth and so on. But yeah, it's um, it's different. I mean, it's not they're not the first for you to scan cards into a database. Warhammer Champions did that, right? But and they probably won't be the last. But yeah, it's it's something to watch. And I mean, we've all talked about, hey, you know, February we're going to be watching this hard to see if it's something we just want to back because of other success stories on Kickstarter with cards, sorcery TCG, and Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. So for Gen Con, for the wrap up for me is, you know, Gen Con, the big things were the three card games. Yeah, the what we saw, and because we're big card fans in Sky Team. <laughs> oh, and let's give a shout out to Man versus Meeple. They invited us to their meetup tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to go hang out with them. A wonderful time hanging with them as always. So thank you, David, and the rest of the crew for inviting us to come hang out with them. And then basically we rushed back here so we could record and pack. But before, before we get out of here. Before we roll dice. I hear that you got something today that we may have to try in a new Taste Buds. Yes, we did. Are we doing this tonight? Yeah. It's already, my digestive system is going to die from this German food. All right, hold on. Tony, talk to me about this. Where did you get this and what is it? I got this from the Boards and Dice booth. It was given to me by Rainer and it's a candy from from uh, Czech. Was it Czech? I think so. And he just said, when you try it, there's going to be, he just said, wait for it. 
I'm like, I'm not sure how to handle this, but he says, yeah, it's it's going to be different. So it's, it's called got, turkey pepper, turkey pepper, Turkish yeah. pepper, turkey pepper, turkey something, like, something it, like that. And I mean, if you look at it, there's like a symbol on it. It looks like there's a symbol of a f- flame. It looks like a hard candy. It's a hard candy. Oh, it's I like see a lozenge. Now. It's yep. a lozenge. There's not much of a smell to it. I'm, I'm getting a, a, a uh, as long as this is not coffee, I'll be okay. It does have a kind of espresso type smell to it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is nobody else in that booth, including Philippe and Ola, said like this it. was good. They said this was horrible because Philippe and Ola were at the meetup tonight and we told them we was going to go try it and they said, all right. But I'm telling you right now, you ain't going to like this. So, yeah. Well, first, if it's espresso, I'm definitely not going to like it. And then if it's got the heat on the end of it, then this will be interesting. But, hey, we handled, what was that? Some type of ghost pepper jelly bean. Yeah. All right, let's give this a try. I'm going to cut this in half. You're going to pop pop the whole thing? You're not going to be able to cut. This is hard. All right. I think it's a lozenge. Let's see. All right, here we go. Oh. That's a lozenge. It's salty. That's different. Oh. It's like, licorice. It's licorice, but salty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm good with this. I'm fine. <laughs> Do you like root beer or licorice? No, no I don't like it, but it's not <laughs> going to make me choke. No, it's strong. I got no taste buds, I guess. Oh, here comes a little heat. A little bit. I'm not even really getting the heat yet. I got a little bit. There's nothing. All right, here's the thing. Yeah, this if ain't you, bad. If you like licorice, you'll like this. I don't like black licorice, but this isn't. There's, this doesn't taste like. There's black. that salty on the top. Okay, the top of it. All right, we can pop it in. I don't really get a lot of the heat. I mean, you've had durian. Come on, big boy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I was choking because I was. It wasn't because it was. I was gagging. It was because I was just. It was really strong. <clears throat> At least oh. it doesn't have the pepper. I mean the um. Uh, espresso taste coffee. I would have been now, gagging. I don't know if there's anything in the middle of this. Mm, it's, it's basically a lozenge. I can't. It's not going to be in your grandmother's purse. I'll tell you that. I'm not. Yeah. Um. I. I'm not going to have this anymore. Um, Look at your face. That is hilarious. I. I do not like licorice at all. At all. Even like no. uh, uh, black licorice. Uh, red li- licorice. No. No. Jelly beans. The black jelly beans are the worst thing ever. I've never. Red yeah. licorice is good because that's like strawberry. Yeah. So it's just the black licorice. Yeah. Which is, which is, what is licorice the flavor? Black licorice? I don't know. It's nasty. Well, that's what this is. Okay. Well, very good. Well, with that, so that Marty can go spit this out, I could keep talking. You know, this might be one of those times where I just sit here oh. and, and, and not say the catchphrase to get us in, just so I can watch his face pucker and get all, keep rolling dice. Oh, thank you. And taking names. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening, and thank you so much for helping us get to 300 episodes. We could not have done this without you. Don't forget to check out our new Taste Buds logo merch over at SirMeeple.com. Please join our Discord server and join us back at episode 301. Wow. So I'm going to start recording, and let me do it. Not yet. Too early. Timing, Rob. Timing. All right, here we go. So it's Wednesday night, and typically we record in our uh, in our hotel room. It's Thursday night. We're gonna start all over again. That was fun. <laughs> We're gonna start all over.